We are in a series called Distractions, and we would like to um, actually welcome for the first time our Facebook Live audience, and they're shooting up hearts and fireworks. Okay, that's not distracting at all. Um, anyway, uh, but we have a special guest this morning. I'm going to talk for just a little bit, and then we're going to invite a special guest up to interview to talk about the problem of pain. In our series on distractions, what we've been talking about are those things that distract us from God. And, and they're, they're the things that typically you'd think would help, but they end up hurting. So we've talked about the idea of consumerism, the idea of um, purchasing things, and that, that would bring us happiness. But in fact, um, that isn't something that God values, and so we end up missing out. We talked about the idea of comparison, that we'll look at somebody else, maybe on social media or some marriage or something, and, and, and we'll compare ourselves with them, and we'll miss out on experiencing God's value. They become distractions. Well, typically in some of these types of series that we do, there is a topic that hits home for a lot of people and that we pull that topic out and we turn it into its own series. And that's what we're going to end up doing with this topic. And this is the distraction of pain. And what we did last week, and last week was a really important message. So if you haven't heard it, I'd encourage you to download it uh, from livingspring.com. Uh, but we talked about, we answered the, well, we didn't answer this question. We explored this question because it's a difficult question to answer and you really can't do it in 35 minutes. But we talked about the question of, if you have a God who's all-powerful and all-loving, why is there evil in the world? Like, wouldn't a loving God, if he loves you and I, wouldn't he try to make sure that nothing bad happens to you? Wouldn't he have created us in a way where we couldn't hurt each other? Wouldn't he have created uh, an environment where we wouldn't be able to choose the wrong thing? And and so we talked about that last week. And uh, again, I can't sum it up uh, too quickly, but here's the bottom line. What we looked at was the fact that a loving God can allow suffering when that loving God can suffer. (laughs) And so we looked at the life of Jesus. And again, for some of us, and I I know a lot of us um, uh, that are listening and are in this room are still in that beginning part of your faith journey, that the idea that Jesus comes in the form of uh, God in the form of of flesh, that's a a tough lift for a a lot of us. And it was for me as well. I believe that now, but uh, in, in our journey, it takes a little bit to get there. But this is what I believe. I believe that we have a loving God who is all powerful, that chose to humble himself. The book of Philippians, which is just a letter that Paul wrote to a church in Philippi, he says, although he existed in the form of God, he did not regard equality with God something to be held on to, but he emptied himself, taking the form of a bondservant. Now, for all the pain that's going on in the world and all the issues that are going on in our lives, I know that that jump from loving God who can do anything uh, to now God who suffers. And we looked at Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane where he said, Heavenly Father, if there's any way for this to pass by me, please. And then he, he, he ends with this incredible phrase, which I just hope we adopt as a people of God. Yet not my will, but your will be done. So this morning, we're going to do something a little bit different. 
Um, I've invited a friend of uh, our church and a friend of our family, a friend of mine, to talk about a very, very difficult um, problem of pain that uh, she has gone through with her and her family. And because she's a doctor of uh, marriage and family therapy, can teach us how do we help somebody who's going through a difficult time of pain. And then what we're going to do is this. We're going to leave the last 10 minutes of church open. We're going to take communion together. And we're going to have people up here that will pray for you. If you're going through something very painful, maybe it's a physical ailment. Maybe it's an emotional pain. Maybe it's um, uh, an anxiety, something where it's just, it's, it just feels like maybe God has abandoned you. How do you ha- hold that conversation with him? If you would like somebody to pray for you, we will have people up here that will just pray a simple prayer for you to invite God into that situation. And I know that for some times, and as Jean Vier was st- stating, it's oftentimes difficult to write down our prayer requests on the connection cards like we ask. But to come up and to be vulnerable, that's even uh, more difficult. But I, I would encourage you to be courageous. That if you're going through something painful, or you know somebody who is, and you would like prayer, we're going to set aside that time at the end of the service. So, without further ado, because this is the person you really want to listen to, I'd like to invite Dr. Brown up while I switch our thing here. Excuse me, sorry. This is for you. Go ahead and sit in that one's here, and I'll try to frame this so that people can see you. (laughs) Great. All right, cool. So let's see. Okay. And then if you hear Jean Vier screaming at me from back there, she'll tell me uh, if it if it looks up if it looks okay on. on, There you go. Good. Good. Hello. Okay, that's it. Enough of them. You guys are actually here, so I'm going to look at you guys, okay? No offense, Facebook. So, you're here. We've had several conversations this week. Thank you for for doing this. We really appreciate it. Uh, Introduce yourself. Tell us all your awesome qualifications, and then uh, I have our initial question. Um, I'm Heather Brown. Um, Have been going to Living Spring for like 13 years. Um, Became a Christian at 30. Um, Messed up childhood, so I'm a therapist. Um, my mom killed herself when I was, seriously, yeah. mom killed herself when I was 16. And so family was really, really important to me. Um, everyone on my side is gone except for my sister and her two kids. So um, being married for 20 years and having children was everything I wanted. Um, so almost two years ago, I'm going to cry, so just don't worry about it. Yeah, just, ju- just a quick so. thing here. Uh, uh, Heather and I... T- Heather was really clear this week as we were talking about the different questions. I wanted to go over the questions because I'm uh, controlling. And um, Heather said, don't tell me any of the questions. And so uh, it, 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 it can get awkward. It can get messy. But this is what we had kind of uh, wanted to prepare for because life. Is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So anyway, please go ahead. So it was, it was a normal day, you know, just like it is when you're a family. And um, my daughter had gone off to work. She's a lifeguard. Um, Ted was getting ready to meet the families where he was going to go teach. Mac, of course, had gotten his contact stuck in his eyes. So we had to do an emergency ophthalmological appointment. And um, we left and came home um, an hour later and found, Mac and I found Ted dead. Um, he'd had a fatal heart attack. 
There was um, no sign of struggle, which was a huge blessing, um, but he was gone. And I don't know if you've seen somebody who has died, but if they haven't died really recently, you can tell they're really gone. Um, mm. Still needed to bring him back if I could. I knew I wasn't going to be able to, but I tried to do everything I could to hopefully do whatever you try to do until the paramedics come. Um, and when they came, they, they did nothing. Um, I was really surprised. I thought they were going to you know, defib him. And they just said, there's nothing we can do. Um, and so my first thought was, you know, dear God, you, you, got, you got to help me get these kids through. Mac was only 14, um, mm. even younger than I was when I lost my mom. And Santa was 16. Um, and I was now on my own. And then my second cry out, and this one was loud, was since you're putting my family through this horrific thing, for whatever reason, please God, let it bless someone in some way, and please let it glorify you. And that has been my prayer every day since. It will probably be my prayer every day for the rest of my life. But whatever we go through, someone, somewhere, can learn from it, can, can shift because of it, can grow from it. Mm. And so that's why I'm a therapist, and then I just wanted to use this in that way as well. Yeah. Hardest thing for me was that um, my kids yeah. were going to be without their dad. Yeah, because, I mean, here you've got kind of a double pain. You've obviously got the loss of your spouse, which is, I can't even imagine. Huge. But then you have kids that lost their dad. And so when you go through something like that, I... I, I uh, was read the book of Job this week, and so we're going to be kind of riffing off what he went through um, and to ask what does it f- feel like or how what, uh, this cry out to God. In the very beginning, Job loses everything. He loses, he, he has, has seven kids. He's got all this property. He, God, God allows uh, Satan to take everything from him. And so he's in this horrible anguish. And then later, his body starts breaking out and, and all this kind of stuff. But this verse just killed me in the very beginning, Job 1.20. At this, which is all the news, Job just got messenger after messenger after messenger. At this news, Job got up, tore his robe, shaved his head, and he fell to the ground. And then it says, in worship. <laughs> and that... If they were writing the book of John, like me, that wouldn't be the next two words. I, I wouldn't be worshiping. I'd be doing something else. What, for you, how, as a follower of Jesus, what was happening both as a spiritually and physically all at the same time? Was there a time you were meeting God even in that event? Or were you just in pain? Do you mean immediately yeah. or throughout? Mm-hmm. Immediately. Or just confusion nerve. It was confusion. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was absolutely reaching out. Um, it was knowing that he would get us through. N- no clue what that was going to look like. Um, n- knowing that I, I had to hold on to him mm. so tight because n- now I was alone right, with right. him to raise my kids. Yeah. Um, there was no feeling in any way of of anything joyful, um, but the worship 
the, the worship was there because it's the, the falling down and saying, like, like Job does, you know, you are all I have. Hmm. You're, you're telling me you're all that I need. And so I will do everything that I can to accept that and glorify you hmm. through hmm. that. The place for me where, where, where it was the deepest with him was actually, and for people who have lost someone like a spouse or a child, you probably know this, it's those early morning hours. And from three to six in the morning, I would sit in the bathroom and, and wail. Um, it was horrific. Mm. But I, I knew I had to be alone with God because that's what he had chosen. Mm. And it hurt so bad. And I cried out so loud. I only woke up Santa once, thank you, God. Mm. But, but there's nothing that you can do but go into that horrific, deep place, no matter what your suffering is, and he will be there, and he will hold you through it, however long it lasts. Mm -hmm. When we were uh, in my office, and uh, you were just talking, I was writing down some notes of some things that you had said uh, that I wanted you to talk about for maybe some people who are, are going through um, something similar. But you, you had made the, the comment, um, some people will try to tell you how to grieve, how to move on. It has to be yours. Yes. Talk, talk about that a, a little bit, because I think, especially in the church, or not especially in the church, but sometimes, oftentimes in the church, it's, it's, I know I have a verse for that. I have a thing for that. And this is how you get through. And, and so I'd, I'd like you to share a little bit about that. How, how do you own it and how do you move through that? I think it's, 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 it's good intentions. When someone is going through suffering, everyone has really good intentions. And that's a beautiful thing. Um, it's really important to allow the person to hold on to who they are and how they have to be. And they're the only one who knows Someone might need to, you know, if it's a death, might need to just stay in bed for days at a time and, and not move. And you can say that's not healthy, but maybe that's exactly what they need to do. And so we had a lot of people telling us how we should respond or what we should do. And, and I was really solid in saying, thank you. Greatly appreciate it, and oh, that was comforting of you there. <laughs> we're we're gonna we're we're, we're going to do this the way that that the kids yeah. and I need to do it. And and my biggest place is I, I had to let my kids grieve the way mm. they needed to grieve. That's that wasn't great. allowed when my mom killed herself. The next day was we're just back to life, and we'll kind of pretend this didn't happen. And so there's no way I was going to, in my mind, abandon my children from walking them through what I was still here to help them walk yeah. through. And if you let the person have the time to find how they need to grieve, they will know. And, and a lot of times it's just letting yourself fall apart. Yeah, and, and, and just to kind of riff off of that, because you, you had said, too, um, that if you allow them that process of grieving, um, they will learn... Um, a lot more about themselves and a lot more about God yes. because now they're approaching God in their humanity in, in how God created them as well. Well, whatever you're going through, you're going through it because God has chosen it for you. And when it's pain and suffering, you don't want to be going through it. But there's something you've got to experience with him 
in that process. So if you fill it with too much stuff for too many people, you don't have the time to find that. And that's why that three to six in the morning, I never reached out to anybody, ever. And I had a couple of friends that were frustrated with me, but I told them, he, he took, God took him away. I'm supposed to be alone, so I have mm. to deal with yeah. being alone. Yeah. And when the kids were awake, I didn't feel it as much. But three to six in the morning, it was a doozy. Yeah, that's when I wail, yeah. <laughs> three to six in the morning. Um, so, uh, when we uh, look at the book of Job, so much of it is just this bad advice from friends. Like, uh, it, it really starts out sweet. They show up, and they spend seven days not saying anything. They just sit with him. And so you think, wow, these are really cool friends. And then one just can't, <laughs> they can't stand it any longer. And it just starts this whole, at one point, Job just calls them sorry comforters, okay? Um, Maybe I'm not going through pain, but I'm around somebody who is. Um, you, I had written down some notes, but I, and I, want, I just want to make sure we don't miss any of them. But um, you said something really cool about when you're helping someone through it. Um, in the beginning, don't ask what you can do, just do it. Talk, talk about that, because you had shared some stories about your friend from San Diego. And, uh, when, when you're in crisis, you don't know what you need. And, and people really want to help. Um, and so the question you get again and again is, you know, if you need something, call me. Or what do you need? And, and at that point, you just need to breathe. Or you need God to, like, pull you up to heaven so you don't have to breathe anymore. <laughs> but, but you're not thinking about laundry or paying the bills or food or anything. And so the answer that you're going to get back is nothing. And you're not going to get the phone calls very often unless you're really close with that person. I didn't, I didn't call people. Mm. So Living Spring showed up, did a work party at my house one day, and I didn't even really know what we needed to have done, but people found tons of stuff that needed to be done and did it. One of my, my very dearest friend in San Diego, she showed up. She lives in San Diego. She showed up for Wednesdays. She just came. She'd just walk around the house and look for something that mm. needed to be done to question me. You know, is there food in the house? Have you paid the bills? Have you signed up Santa for the SAT? Life stuff that, that I was not on top of doing. So don't ask, because they're going to say no. They don't want to um, burden you, and they also don't want to overwhelm you. So bring food. Mm. You know, bring, bring soap and, and do their laundry. Come and mow their lawn. Pick them up and take them away. One thing that, that Anne-Marie Lockmeyer did for me a couple weeks out is she said, manicure, pedicure, or massage. And you know, people who know me, manicure, pedicure, I mean, come on, I don't, I don't do that kind of stuff. Um, and I went, oh, man, massage. Mm. If someone has died, if a spouse has died, take them to get a massage. Because mm. losing physical touch is brutal. I'm almost two years out. It's still brutal. Mm -hmm. And they need hugs. And they need long hugs. So just keep holding on to them because they need it. And your body aches when you lose that. Mm -hmm. And it's not something that, you know, in this state, you feel comfortable saying, hey, could you hug me? Because I'm, I'm like falling apart right now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you had said, um, uh, 
Do you want me to clean the house? No, because I don't care about the house. But it needed to be cleaned. So, oh, yeah. so you're like, I don't, you know, whatever. So I, I, that, was, that was really cool. The second thing he said was, don't ask them what they're going to do next. They don't know. That, that, that was great. Because you probably have people all the time going, so what are you going to do? Are you gonna... Still, yeah, yeah. still. You know, it's almost two years. So what's next? I'm like, I don't know. My kids are still in college, high school. I'm not going to college yeah. yet. You know, we're, we're just moving along. Hmm. What does God have for me once they're moved out? I have no idea. And I'm not going to go there because... He's going to show right. me when he's going to show me. You can only be where you are. You know how it is. It can change in a second. You have all your plans laid out. We did until August 23rd, and then it all went topsy-turvy. Hmm. Um, but you, you can't get yourself, well, you, you can. It's not helpful to get yourself in a place where you feel you can control it again. Because yeah. you can't. Uh, in Job 13, 15, I, he has this, it's Job talking, and he has this, real tension-filled statement. He says, though he slay me, yet I will hope in him. Okay, so there's this sense that you go, man, Job's really doing great. And then right after that, he says, I will surely defend my ways to his face. Okay, now he gets an opportunity to do this later and he fails miserably. But, but t- talk about that. Was there a time in your pain where you were, on the one hand, I want to trust you, but on the other hand, you were just angry or you were just, this isn't fair and um, Did you go through anything like that? I never lost my faith. Um, my belief was this was going to draw us closer because it had to. Mm-hmm. And I said that to the kids. For whatever reason we have to go through this, this is to draw all of us closer to God, and this is hopefully to draw us closer as a family. Um, was I angry? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's totally unfair. It is. It sucks. Anybody who loses someone that you love, it sucks. And we're going to lose every single person on, on this earth. So it's kind of stupid to think, of, is it fair or not? Because everyone dies. But, but when you lose the person you love, it feels totally unfair. But our life is not fair. And it's not to be fair. It's for us to learn to honor God and be the exception through all the suffering and the pain because otherwise we don't stand out otherwise our life you know if it's just easy we have no way for someone to look at us and say i see christ in you they just say wow lucky person i wish i had your life instead of beautiful person i wish i loved the way you love or i wish i knew christ in the way you know christ you don't see christ as deeply in people whose lives are simple and easy you see Christ and the people who've gone through their own personal hell and they hold on to his light and they hold on to his love and they choose to bless others. So I have always said since I became a Christian, God, bring it. Just bring it. And people who know me well know that's my personality. I'll be totally honest. For from the day Ted died for six months, I would not say it. And then one day I laughed and I thought, like, me not saying it stops you, God. Okay, keep on. And then I've gone back to that. Yeah. But, um, but angry, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Unfair, yeah, it feels it totally. Abandoned? Do you ever feel abandoned? By God? Yeah. Never. Okay. Never. Fortunately, mm-hmm. I, don't, I, don't know, I don't know how I would have dealt with that. Mm-hmm. Um, no. Okay. Um, Mac did mm. a little bit. Mac was very angry. Yeah. He was very young. It's yeah. three days before high school was going to start. Oh, God. Wow. So uh, 
we kind of wrap up in a little bit, but um, I, I was trying all week to figure out how to ask this question, and it's just too thick a topic. Um, like some of the ways I thought of, of like, uh, look, I guess it's just, yeah, it always just feels like an unfair question, but your number, let's just put it this way, your number one thing that has been a positive out of it, has there been a number one positive thing where you go, okay, that, I can see that good in it? Well, I think when you, when you open yourself to whatever it is that God has you go through, it certainly gives you the ability to draw closer to God because you're, you're, you're connecting with him and allowing him to come through you in a new way. It's a new experience. So I've experienced God in a different way than I mm-hmm. ever had before because of going through this. Mm. And my kids have it as well. Um, I don't, I don't think I'll ever look at this as a blessing. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's one thing I, I want to share. Someone said something to me, if I can. Please. Someone shared something to me that was really painful. They meant it in love, but I'm just going <laughs> to share this. And it, I, I hope this doesn't offend anyone. And if it does, I'm sorry, but sometimes yeah, we need to be offended. They're so, fine. They'll be fine. Um, <laughs> someone said to me a couple of days after when I was really just frustrated and overwhelmed, and they said, you've got to look for the blessing. And so I said, okay, I'm going to hurt you right now. You punched them in the neck? Almost. Okay. I said, I'm going to hurt you. And it was, it was a very dear friend. And I said, don't you dare. I've just lost my husband. And my kids have lost their dad. There is no blessing in this. And God didn't bring this for it to be a blessing. Now, will he bring amazing things out of this if we allow him? Yes. And that's the glory. The glory is in the working of God. Mm, The glory is not in the situation of your life. It's in the working of God through that struggle or through that pain. So when something awful happens to you, and it's going to happen a lot, and a lot of people are going to die or people are going to get cancer or lose jobs or things will happen. I just urge you to look to where God can work through you to bless Mm -hmm. others in it and know that the situation is just his way of doing it. People get caught up on the thing. The thing isn't important. The love is what's important. Mm. And that's what he wants for us. He just has us go through situations for us to find that. Yeah, you had said, and we can close with this. Um, uh, See if I can find it. Oh, yeah. Okay, so you and I were talking about kind of owning your grief, Go, going to the dark places, which sounds like for you was that three and six in the morning space to just deal with. Go, that was, I don't know if that's what you would call the deep work, but you said the deeper you go, the farther you can take someone else. Um, and, and you're a therapist, so have you found that in your, now with your oh, clients, that go, having gone through this, you of can. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. I had one person that, that had come to me as a widow in the, the 20 years before Ted died under the age of 70. A lot, a lot of people are widows, you know, beyond 70, but only one. I've now had seven that have come to mm. me in the last two years, wow. one of them 25. Mm. Wow. I, 
I'm, I'm not on the widow website. So they just come, you know, and they'll say, you know, are you familiar with grief? I'm like, yeah. Just a touch. Just a touch. Yeah, yeah. But absolutely, because I, though everyone's grief is different, everyone's situation mm -hmm. is different, everyone's relationship with the person they've lost is different, but, but there is an understanding of your own abyss mm -hmm. and how God can use that to draw you in if you allow that to happen and where it takes you. It takes you to a very different place when you don't have your partner. Yeah. Just takes you to a different place because you are walking through the world, you and God, not you and God and your spouse. And it feels very different. Mm. Okay. It feels very raw. Well, as Ajua makes her way back up, uh, first of all, thank you so much. Uh, it's a difficult topic, and it's a, your situation is different, and we just want to say we're very, very sorry. Uh, we, miss, we miss Ted as well. He's, he was a good man, and, uh, and you have a great family. Let me pray for you real quick. Lord Jesus, we um, still have questions. We still try to get through these situations, um, sometimes we wonder how could we ever make it through that. But as Heather was saying, uh, we don't do it alone. We do it with you. And even in the situations where you allow pain, you're there to strengthen us and to support us. And so we thank you for that, Lord. I pray a blessing upon Heather and her family. I pray that the prayer she prayed early, that, that this would have a huge impact on the lives of other people. I pray that would come true. Uh, we know it will be because you're a, a good God. So we thank you for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you very much for being here. So um, I'm going to turn that off. So we're going to, like I said before, we're going to take some time to process this and to kind of go before God. If, if uh, you're in a place right now where your family, you, somebody you know, a loved one, is going through a time of pain. Uh, maybe it's a fresh divorce or something like that. And so we're going to have the ushers come forward and uh, take the communion off to the side like we typically do. And so uh, they will be off to the side and you can uh, get communion. And then those that I've asked to come forward and pray, we're going to be standing up here um, at, at the stage. And so here, here's what we would ask that you do. I have no idea how many people are going to receive prayer. I don't know if it'll be one. I don't know if it'll be everybody. We're ready to stay here during that time uh, to just allow us to be able to pray for everyone who wants prayer. But here's what I'd ask you to do. Just come up, even if you've known us for years, just come up and just say your name. It's very important that you say your name, not just so that we know your name, um, but that you are articulating that you, your name, is coming before the living God for prayer. And then just quickly state what it is. I have a back problem, or I found out I have cancer, or my parents are getting divorced, or whatever. And then we, together, uh, as we're laying hands on you, will invite God into that situation with you. I don't know what that's going to look like. For some of you, inviting God into that situation is healing, that, that you get healed. And we want to pray in faith that that might happen. 
for you, it also might be, or, or it, it might be that you just sense God's presence now. You feel a, a, a resolve of, I can make it. I can make it through this. Or God gives you an insight into how you're growing or, or what have you. We're going to leave all that up to God. And so uh, all this while, Aja was just going to be playing some music. Um, and then um, uh, uh, th- there'll be an initial song that she sings while we're getting our communion. And then uh, it'll just go into quiet music after that while we're praying for everybody. Does that make sense? Okay, good. Um, so if I could have, yeah, those who are coming forward to pray, you could be up here. That would be great. Good. So I'll pray for us, and then we'll, uh, we can just begin the lines of uh, communion and to be prayed for up here. Lord Jesus, we, um, yeah, just lots of questions. Um, Lord, as we identify our pain, as we ask for prayer, we pray for an an infusion of your Holy Spirit into these situations. Lord God, for where there needs to be healing, I pray healing in the name of Jesus by your powerful name, your mighty name that casts out demons, that raised people from the dead, that uh, brought sight to the blind, that healed the leper, that had the deaf hear. Lord, we know that power is still available to us today. We also know that you're a sovereign God and that sometimes you heal and sometimes you don't. And so now we pray for faith. We pray for peace. We pray for your strength as we journey through this grief and this time of pain. Lord, more than ever, we just ask that we would grow closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen.